Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hi, and welcome <laughs> to Food Bites. Lovely to be here, I just Kevin. thought I'd sneak up on people this week rather than come on with the big, you know, cheery hello, how are you going? Or open up with song, as we have been doing No, we're not opening episodes. up with a song. No, no, no. We, we keep being told that, you know, podcasting is that special engagement between the hosts and the person listening, so I didn't want to yell you into... You haven't done uh, a proper vocal performance yet, Kevin. I, I didn't want to yell into anyone's ear because it's... you know, <laughs> you insinuating that's what I did? I wouldn't say that for oh. one moment. Welcome to Food Bites with thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Links. And uh, you can give Janet a call. She's ready. 52821984, cheeselinks.com.au. Make your own. Make your own. Go into a workshop. It's such good fun. And uh, go with a group of your favourite people. Yes. And you will. You'll have fun. You'll learn things. And you'll walk away going, I can do that in my house. Otherwise, order some equipment online. Janet can help you out with everything you need to get started on your cheese-making adventure. And you can go from beginners to advanced, and, and you can make it in your very own kitchen. And you'll find once you start, it is, uh, it is a passion that you will <laughs> love. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. Sure is. And you'll really enjoy our guest today, uh, Stefano. Stefano. Yeah, I keep going to say <laughs> Stefano. Um, watch way too much Days of Our Lives. Uh, um, God, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone who's gone, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Um, Stefano Di Pieri. Yes, uh, joins us. A gondola on the Murray. Yeah, 20, yeah it was a fantastic uh, it'd be show. 20 years ago. It was, mm. uh, it was a massive show. Yep. Uh, and he's back with a new show called Australia's Food Bowl. It's premiering later this month on uh, on SBS Food, uh, which is a terrific channel to watch uh, food shows. Absolutely. Diana Chan and uh, all sorts of guests who've uh, popped up on uh, SBS Food. So we we have Stefano ready to go. Yes, and he's living the dream life uh, up in uh, Mildura. He came to Australia and he spent much time in Melbourne in the public service, so he's going to talk to us about his journey Behind from the there scenes. to there. Behind yep. the scenes in politics of all things. Yeah, I believe... Peter Spiker, he was a Victorian ooh, yeah. transport minister at that stage. So working, uh, working for uh, for um, the, the state, state government. government, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we are in, oh. we are performing an important public service. Written, Kevin. spoken, and authorised by Kate Hillier. <laughs> uh, let's get to Stefano and uh, enjoy our chat with him and uh, talk about his uh, his brand new TV show, Australia's Food Bowl. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Stefano, uh, where do we find you this uh, sunny autumn day? Um, um, I'm at home making ready to to go to work. Yet another day of um, of activities in the restaurant. Post COVID, we're getting a lot of visitors in the country Victoria as people cannot travel overseas and. So we're working harder than ever because uh, it's very difficult to find staff these days. It seems that after COVID, a lot of hospitality people have disappeared. At least that's my experience. Uh, for, yeah. for people who aren't aware, you're in a beautiful part of the world called uh, Mildura. Yes, I'm in Mildura. Yes, I'm in Mildura. For those who are not familiar with this location, we are look, we are in the northwest of Victoria. We are. Uh, in a wonderful part of the world where three states come together, southern New South Wales, uh, eastern uh, South Australia, and the northwest of Victoria. That's where the Darling meets the uh, the Murray River. 
and uh, we are a very vibrant, strong community where food production is the predominant activity. Well, we were, we're about to find out too, uh, because of a new television show you're about to front called Australia's Food Bowl, that that is actually one of the uh, one of the great areas of uh, food production in this country. It is. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a vast area that produces a lot of different things. Um, I suppose that there are other places in Australia that are equally important, but here we have the great family, dry table of wine, we have the citrus uh, industry. We we have vegetables. We got almonds and a variety of, of, of other things. So uh, I guess that uh, what is attractive about us is the combination of of multiple uh, products. Not it's just not a, a monoculture, um, and uh, it's being influenced by. Waves of migration, uh, of course, uh, this area began as a soldier settlement, a very humble soldier settlement, uh, but it continues on under waves of immigration. We now have about probably 120 different uh, nationalities living oh, wow. here. So there's a lot of colour, a lot of colour and movement. Yeah. Tell us, uh, Stefano, speaking about migration, tell us about your uh, your own story. before, Because before you got to this beautiful promised land of Mildura, you spent a lot of time uh, in uh, in the city, in, in the public service. Yeah, yeah, I'm a story of migration myself. I followed a brother to Australia, uh, and by, by the time I came here, he had already returned to Italy, but that's another story. Um, I, I came in 74, went to Melbourne, did a few odd jobs, Got myself. Uh, um, I supported myself through university. Um, it wasn't a very uh, linear story, uh, as you know. When you're supporting yourself as a young man on my own, I was 18 when I came over. Um, so it was higgledy piggledy. Took me probably 10 years to put together a humble um, arts degree, and we quit with that. I went into the public service and from the public service into, if you like, the more obscure manoeuvring that happens in um, ministerial offices. Um, so, you know, I was one of those uh, mysterious people who sort of are supposed to be providing advice to, to the particular minister they're working for. So that was a good experience. But unfortunately, in the late, nine, eight, late 80s, early 90s, the... Victorian Labour government uh, kind of imploded, let's put it away, that way. Yeah. And I uh, simultaneously I met uh, uh, my future wife and together we decided to relocate in Mildura. So I left my political interest behind uh, and, and came to this um, wonderful place. I was introduced to it by my, my fiancé at the time and the parents were running a pub here and they said, why don't you come for a year or two and give us a hand? Well, the rest is history, isn't it? We never left. Were you always in the uh, kitchen then, Stefano? Were you no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I'm not always in the kitchen. I, I'm a facilitator. I'm the kind of person that makes things happen. I've got a clear idea about what I want, but I'm not, um, you know, your, your chef with a top hat 
are more of a hands-on, simple Italian food sourced from from this area. I'm an interpreter and an advocate for the food of this region and also um, an activist because uh, whilst uh, uh, we are the food balls, not everything is on Kidori. We are going through a very, very serious period now at the intersection of declining uh, water inflows from our rivers and climate change, and the two are intimately connected. Yeah. So, you know, going forward, uh, there is a conference as we're speaking about water matters today here in, in this area. And and one of the conversations is that going forward, one day people may have to give up their water allocation so that everybody remains in business. So it's a very serious uh, matter that doesn't concern just those people who work here producing food. It has implications for the cities and for the export market. So, you know, I'm not being catastrophic. In fact, I'm quite positive about the future. But uh, you've got to go into the future with a very clear mind about the things you have to solve. And indeed, we have issues here, as in other parts of Australia. Yeah, I don't think you can downplay the significance of water. I mean, it is such a precious resource. Without water, we don't have life, essentially, do we? Uh, well, that's like, it sounds like a, a trite cliche, but it's not, because it's the truth. And it has to be asserted again and again. And I guess that my little new program, which was shot during COVID, with great difficulty, let me tell you, because it, uh, it was a series of hiccups. We had to Stop and and we had to virtually turn the crew around at the uh, at the border crossing here and send them back to New South Wales on several occasions. Um, and, but despite that, we produced this program that sort of focuses people's attention on the football and related issues, so the people in the cities understand. Not that they don't; I mean, they're not serious, but that sort of that they. Uh, engage with us and have this even better understanding of the significance of water and the environment. Uh, and that's the, 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 the point, Stefano, is that we do it in the city. We tend to take it all for granted and think because we can turn a tap on and because we can go to a supermarket that it's just always going to be there. Yeah, it's big, we become a bit like children who think the spaghetti grows free. <laughs> my kids used to think that the money came out of a hole in the wall. Oh, they still do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we don't we don't want to patronise people, but we want to engage with them and say, look, uh, look, we 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 provide the food, we provide the energy, we provide the water you ski on, the snow you ski on, and so on and so forth. So take an interest in regional areas, especially now that you cannot go overseas, uh, and you you know take a good look at your backyard, and when you go back home into the big city. Remember us and remember what the issues are, so that when you grab that food at the supermarket, you know you know who made it, how they made it, and the cost of it. Stefano, you've um you've made it clear that you're all about uh, simplicity of food and and that food doesn't have to be complicated to be uh, enjoyable. So just for you and your family, if you're sitting down uh, for something to eat, what uh, what kind of foods do you love? Well. Personally, I am um, very much of the old Italian school where 
are bolsters and veggies take priority. Priority. Um, I come to the north of Italy, so I, yesterday I put rice before before pasta, but that's just me. I'm not denigrating pasta, God forbid, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I I I'm being from the north. Uh, 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 I, I prefer rice, and coming from the north once again, in my scheme of things, personally, I very much like things with broth and soups. Um, See, one of the things that's missing in Australia altogether is that the notion of having like uh, dinner with a beautiful soup made of clear chicken stock with pastina in it, say, and a bit of parmigiana mm. or some veggies in it. Uh, it's, it's just as a made it to the lexicon of what is understood to be Italian food in Australia. The other thing that has a, that I savor and has got, you know, enjoyed a great deal of support here is the whole notion of of the bits and pieces of the animal um, uh, that that you know here everybody goes for scotch and I feel it and so on, but I'm more interested in the in the tail, in the tongue, in the in the liver, in, in all those um, bits and pieces that in fact constitute the great bulk of Italian cuisine because it's a cuisine that's not based on on extensive primary ingredients other than perhaps, you know, good olive oil and excellent pounders and cheese and prosciutto. But um, generally speaking, it's a humble thing. It's a cucina. The real gut to Italian cooking is a cucina povera, four person, four men food. Um, a lot of, with a lot of uh, foraging. Now foraging is fashionable, but the peasants have been doing it for, for centuries. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise they starve. Yeah. You know, and it's it's out of that foraging that came a lot of Italian cooking, a lot of ingenious um, cooking. Do, Stefano, do you and, find and that we in, like. do we in Australia overcomplicate <laughs> Italian food? Uh, well, to a certain extent, yes. Uh, uh, I guess that authenticity sometimes goes missing, uh, not always. Um, but, you know, it's it's also having the ingredients and Italian cooking has been here in Australia for, you know, a hundred years. But often in the past, the critical ingredients were missing. Now we're all taking for granted that we go to a supermarket and we grab, grab a bottle of olive oil. Well, let me tell you, it wasn't the case. Mm. It's only been in the last few years that you can readily get olive oil and Australian made extra virgin, excellent olive oil, a point that I make in the shop again and again. Um, equally, there were coffee machines 20 years ago, but they were wretched. They were not, you know, looked after and coffee was shabby. Um, there was, it was a tea culture, this one. So when you said about 20 years or 30 years ago to initiate an Australian cuisine in, in Melbourne um, or in Australia, the, uh, there was no buffalo mozzarella. There was no none of the ingredients that now we are even we are able to even buy in the supermarket. I can go to my local bully and and, and get burrata for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> even five years ago, people didn't know what burrata was. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. So it, it, it's a cuisine that evolved, but it evolved without access to uh, a lot of critical ingredients. So it became the cuisine of 
um, you know, minestrone, okay, little a little spaghetti bolognese, okay, which does, doesn't even exist in Italy. Um, it became a parmigiana again. It doesn't exist in Italy, but we had to make people had to make do with what was available to them. But things have changed, and uh, a lot of regional areas have driven the change. You know, because you don't get buffalo mozzarella in the city, you get a you get the buffalo milk from the country, yeah. and so on and so on and so forth. So it's an evolution, and we have a lot to be happy for. Absolutely, uh, Stefano. You mentioned uh, coffee. Are you a coffee drinker? And uh, and and what is uh, what is your choice of coffee? Uh, did, did, uh, I, go, I grew up having, um, you know, like all Italian kids, having cafe latte in the morning. But that wasn't coffee that was that went into our cafe latte. It was a uh, a herbal toasted uh, thing, so that you know kids could have it. Yeah. Uh, um. So I'm still hooked on that. And, but I've, you know, with real coffee. Then I moved to uh, a long black, and then um, and then I probably finish off sometime before two o'clock with a short black. Uh, uh, yeah, an espresso. So I had three different coffees in a day. Stefano, do you <laughs> the have one a when I wake up? Yeah. Do you have I, a sweet a sweet tooth to go with the coffee? <laughs> no, I, I I don't, and I'm a bit portly, and so. Uh, my doctors keep telling me that I have to knock out the sugar, but you know, there's plenty of it in wine, and that's, <laughs> that's my downfall. I love bread and wine, you know, like Jesus. And you are, you're a ce- you are, you are a celebrated winemaker. I mean, you have your own uh, your own wine. What what is the importance and the beauty of of being able to pair wine with uh with food? Yeah, it's great. You don't have to go ballistic about it, as often people do, because um. Um, yeah, because when you sit, you know, traditionally when you sit down to eat a meal at home, you're not going to go into the uh, crazy details of the perfect plan. But yes, it's a, it's a good ambition, but let's not get get it out of perspective. The main thing is to have good wines, wines that are made honestly and uh, uh, with care. That's, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. And they almost go with anything. So my, my mission in life, if you like, was um, with other people, many other people. Um, it's 20 years ago or so we started uh, the Australian Alternative Varieties Wine Show, which was um, an initiative to benchmark, if you like, the, the wines made with varieties that were not known in Australia, were not planted. And in 20 years, we've come a very long way because now you can go to a bottle shop and you can buy Australian-made, Nebbiolo, Piano, Greco, Nero Davola, um, Barbera, uh, Priulano, uh, the list goes on and on, um, Grillo. Uh, I'm finding every day that somebody has planted and vinified something with an Italian variety, um, which uh, may even be in Italy at this stage. Uh. So there's been a great revival of the wine industry here, which has added to our main stage, Chardonnay, Cabernet, and, and Shiraz, of course, you know. And, and uh, I was going to say, Stefano, as well as uh, as well as wine uh, making, you're all, I've also had uh, an involvement or ongoing involvement with uh, Mildura Brewery there and involved in, in the making of craft beers. Yeah, yeah, I've sold the brewery, it's, um, um, but... It was a great 
uh, adventure. And uh, indeed, again, we were among the first in Victoria to to embark on um, on that project. And you know, again, you can see how the beer industry has changed in the last uh, uh, decade, thanks to the effort of a lot of people to introduce new flavors. Um, we were a bit of a mono mono culture. If, if depending the state you're in, you're either you were a VB drinker or a or a Tui's or a four X. But now we can drink anything, don't we? Yeah. There is a lot of there's a lot of variety um, and uh, a lot of stuff going on making beer with with uh, with food. Um, all, all of which adds to the excitement of being in um in an evolving food and, and, and everything here in Australia. Now you can see now people everywhere are starting to make their own amaro. You know, an amaro is an Italian thing. It's supposed to be in a drink supposed to be like a digestive. Um but now people are making their own somebody, Michael Ryan is issued one in Beachworth, somebody has made some something similar on the Riverland. I mean it's it's just what's happening is it's just incredible. Yeah. And it's all very positive. The uh, the television program, it's a 10-part series called Australia's uh, uh, Food Bowl. Um, yeah. And, and obviously you, you're obviously a very proud Mildurian and, and that area means a hell of a lot to you both uh, personally and professionally. Yes, indeed. This is, uh, this is a, a place that started off as a utopia. Well, I mean, let's be clear. This place existed 60,000 years ago. And we got evidence of that, and we're very proud of the of the indigenous heritage here. There's so much work to be done to bring it to the fore and to people's attention. And this year will probably be a state government-driven year of telling the truth and reconciliation and so on. So this place has existed 60,000 years, but as a white man, utopia is only 120 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I use the word utopia deliberately because. Um, it was invented at, at a death, if you like. Somebody said, yeah, we can plonk a city here. We can harness the water of this river and we can create a community with these particular characteristics. It failed at the start, but it picked itself up again. And then, as I said earlier on, two waves of, of, um, um, of, of new people coming into a social settlement, migrants, et cetera, et cetera. So that's evolving to a very dynamic, diverse, and very uh, a place where you feel an energy when you come here. You, it's tangible. Um, and there's a, an awful lot of creative people that come out of this region. Uh, a lot of them are occupying significant positions in, in the media, in Australia, and in the arts. Um, and so this, this place is like a, a bit of a nursery for, 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 for creative people. And we've always had that creative edge here, particularly through the arts. It's unbelievably tough, you know. But 560 kilometers from Melbourne, a thousand from Sydney, and yet here there's been a lot of art experimentation going on over the over the decade. So it's a, it's a quirky, interesting place. Let me tell you that. Absolutely, and you fit it perfectly. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, good luck with the television series, and thank you so much for spending some time with us, having a chat about oh, your, your life in Mildura. Thank you. Yeah, call me again. Do we have another <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good on you, Stefano. Thanks for your time.
Thank you to you. Bye-bye. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au our thanks to Stefano for joining us on the program. That uh, that uh, Australia's Food Bowl starts on the 27th of May yeah. on SBS Food. It's so, so uh, lovely to hear someone talk so passionately about where they live, how they live, and um, and the simplicity of, uh, of produce and how important it is. Isn't that funny? Everyone you talk to who comes back from Italy, and I've never been, but uh, even Italians I know that have gone over, mm. were born here and gone over, uh, and... and uh, come back okay. and you say, what's the food like? And they go, <laughs> different. yeah, different. <laughs> Not anything like what you get at in Ligon Street. <laughs> I was telling you, I went uh, to Italy with a girlfriend many years ago. The first thing I did was in Rome, I had a beautiful uh, linguine dish and I swear there was barely anything on it apart from, uh, it was just clams, ling- linguine with clams, some garlic and uh, it was tossed in some extra virgin olive oil. And? The flavours absolutely yeah. blew me away, which yep. is why I asked Steph and I think, do, do we tend to complicate things a bit here, you know, with our pizzas things that load on all the cheese and the condiments and don't need to. No, no. The, the, the one taste at a time, your, your, your mouth isn't actually It's set all about up. the quality of the yeah. produce, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what uh, what Stefano does with the, a lovely piece of Murray cod. Oh, could you on, imagine? Uh, oh, yeah. The freshness. I'm sure that'll be on the program. Now, yeah. time now for... Oh, look, the Friday food poll. It's very controversial. Is it ever? <laughs> well, it's a very on-trend topic at the minute. Insects. You have a big night, did you, on the Thursday? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh. Um, edible insects, but they are—they are a big. Uh, they are big, and here in Australia, I think the CSIRO is involved in oh. looking at at um, launching and. Um, a viable industry oh, in edible insects. sustainable. Well, they're very high in protein and vitamins, apparently. And yuck factor. Well, they're crunchy. Yuck factor. Deliciously munchy. So you know what? You know what's unappealing about that. As <laughs> soon as you start to talk about food and mention CSIRO, I, go... I did a news story on this the other day, Kevin. And apparently, you know, local chefs here in Australia, they're oh, they're they into it a million miles an hour. So let's see what people had to say. All right. Well, I don't think on. I'm going to be surprised. Rachel says no thanks, and says definitely not. Tony Bennett. <laughs> No. <laughs> he said, oh, no. And Artie Stevens, Radio Bayside, I just can't do it. I can't look at them. I wouldn't pick them up. I wouldn't put them near my mouth. If that's the future of food, then tax. Andy taxi, says, I mean. uh, uh, Yeah, taxi. Uh, <laughs> Andy says, uh, I'm a maybe on this one. Sue says, nope, I've eaten them by mistake enough times <laughs> to know they're just great. That's when something flies into your exactly, mouth. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. It's not by choice, it's by mistake. Uh, Lisa says no and Glenn says, uh, big no, Pato, not bloody likely. Cherie, big no from me. Sue Hosking is a big vomit emoji there. Yeah. Karen says, if it was disguised. Joe says, nah, and Sharon and says, nah. Adam Pond, no way. Frogs are as far as I go. I wouldn't even go as far as frogs, Adam. Helen, more vomit emojis. Cherie, nay, nay and nay. But uh, these are two interesting responses. Carly, she has tried them. She says they're not too shabby. The taste of the spices used on them seems to come through more than anything else. And Hope, Fabilia, I have tried cricket powder. It's full of health benefits. See, Kevin, I told you it's full of health benefits. Cricket powder came in a little stubby. It was called a beer. That's about the nearest thing we've got to... Cricket was made of willow. Uh, well, could have been. A bit of linseed oil in there. Why not? Uh, Annie Peacock says absolutely not and, and, and comes with a resolution, which is exactly what we're after. How about chocolate teddy bears instead? Yes. yes. I'm with you. Diane says uh, a firm nup 
from me, Hayden Quinn, mm. uh, our mate from uh, MasterChef. And who would know? Have eaten when in China for work. Some were great, chilli salt, cold beer, super crunchy. Others, not so. Still gooey inside. Oh, yeah, no. Don't like. And uh, finally, uh, oh, normally it's Wayne. Okay, Kevin. Fi- normally it's Wayne, but it's not uh, this week. Wayne's been superseded. He's been uh, taken over. And uh, it's <laughs> simply written, it says here, clearly the wife has lost her mind. No way. Written by Kevin Hillier. Yes. Uh, ed- <laughs> I'm sorry. The, 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 you can't construct a sentence that has the words edible insect in it. Two words, Kevin. Open mind. No, 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 no. Open mouth and fly goes in. If, go, they're, not, if <laughs> they're not gooey inside as Hayden Quinn said, and they're nice and crunchy, they'd make a really good beer snack. Well, well, why wouldn't you just have a chip? Well, it's another psychological thing, isn't it? If you didn't know what they were and they were crisp and crunchy and they were good for you, you'd say yes, wouldn't you? No, see, because I reckon unless you're blindfolded, you'd be <laughs> sus as to what they were because that photo you put up on the uh, on the Facebook <laughs> page, I'm sorry, that was just an insect. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not <laughs> a, a deep fry roasted, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, should I have dipped them in chocolate perhaps? Chocolate <laughs> coated cockroaches? I don't <laughs> think so. Chocolate-coated uh, caterpillars, chocolate-coated flies, um, chocolate-coated... I know a friend who went to Vietnam and I think she said she had roasted or deep-fried tarantula. And it's funny that Hayden Quinn said that some insects are, are mushy in the centre because she said uh, the actual body part, the abdomen... No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't crisp and crunchy. No, 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 no. And she wasn't very well for a See, few days after that. And I'm trying to think who it was who said that they'd eat frog instead. Yeah, that was Adam. Adam's, Adam <laughs> said, you know, frogs are as far as they go. Well, frogs eat flies. So you're eating insects anyway. That's a good point, Kevin. Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this goes back to the day when we talked about, was it Tony no. Tenalia collecting snails from no. the garden yeah, and uh, garden cooking them up? <laughs> Yeah, right. That's what we've Not come Tony, down to. Not Tony, Herellos. That's yeah. what we've come down to. We're going to we're going to go out into the garden and we're going to we're going to Hey, did not Stefano talk about the importance of foraging? That's what we do. We forage. So let's go and forage for some insects. No, Just be not, careful. What we're, you... not, we're not foraging cockroach, cockroaches. And, mm-hmm. and, how could you eat ants anyway? Oh, I reckon they'd be all right. Oh, they would not. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> certainly there will be no insects on the, on the menu at the Hillier household, I can tell you. Uh, remember to give a Not on your call. plate, perhaps. No, not on mine. 52821, our 16-year-old eat anything, it wouldn't <laughs> matter. 52821984 is the number for Cheese Links. It's cheeselinks.com.au, all the social media Zero platforms. Zero three outside Melbourne, as I love to say. A, uh, a yoghurt maker, cheese uh, Cheese is just, uh, I, actually, you know, that's what I feel like. Now, all this talk of insects, I feel like cheese. Good watch of halloumi for you, sir. No, 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 a lovely bit of uh, camembert and brie. Oh. And a bit of taste. Or some of Janet's baked brie. Oh, mm, yum. yum. Okay, <laughs> got to go. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.